All right, boys, welcome in. So we got the first episode here of Everything Junior Hockey Podcast, and we got two stars from the Squatch expansion team. We got Gullsvig and we got Elginson. What's going on, boys? Not much. Not much. Not. Thanks for having us. Yeah, heck yeah, guys. I mean, you guys were one of the most requested uh, guys to have on, so I figured we'd go out with a bang and start with you guys. Um, so I want to start first with Elginson. Obviously, the news hasn't broke yet, but the first thing I had on here was, number one, you broke 100 points, which is absolutely crazy. So I want you to talk about that. The number two, I want you to talk about, obviously, signing uh, with Ogden for next season for the NCDC. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, first off, 100 points. I mean, I can't thank my teammates enough and my coaches and just everybody around me to help me achieve that. I mean, that's pretty surreal still to me. And then, yeah, Cyan, Chick, Chick Pojar has been working with Ogden. Got a great relationship with him. So I'm super excited to go out there and play next year. Yeah. No, and something that obviously, like, the team keeps pretty tight-knit. I mean, you know, we don't – on the outside, we don't see the relationships that the team has. So obviously we don't know. But obviously seeing, seeing McAlpine go back to the NCDC – you know, seeing you guys sign with Ogden and then seeing Gullsvig, you know, get the chance to go up to the Null, even though there weren't any games played. Obviously, it's something that was either, I mean, was it was it told to you guys before the season started that they had these connections or was this kind of just something that was made throughout the season? Uh, Chick didn't guarantee me anything at the start of the season, but he said he's going to do his best to work on getting me to tier two next year. So I, I just trusted him really. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. And that's really all you can ask for. I mean, so now it goes like over to you. Obviously though, the hot question right now is the move from rival Hudson over to the squatch right before the Tampa Bay showcase. If you can tell us anything, just tell us kind of like why it was the squatch and, and maybe not like somewhere in a different league. Like what, what brought you over to them the most? Uh, basically, obviously wanted to get back at Hudson Havoc or whatever. And, uh, squatch or chick called and he just made it seem like a great spot, a great spot and it's closer to home. So it's just kind of fit like a shoe. Go, go over here and, win some games and make a run at Natty's. Yeah, no, Dev, I mean, it, it honestly, it seemed to work out for you. And I mean, I guess Elginson, probably more of a question for you than Golzi, but what was the draw at the beginning of the year? Like, you know, expansion team, brand new, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen. Obviously, like the roster at the beginning of the season didn't, look as strong as it did a month or two into the season. So what, what was the draw to go to an expansion team that didn't look like it was going to be that strong right out of the gate? Yeah, for sure. Well, I had known Chick. Chick's been my coach ever since I was little. And so I kind of knew him per se. Like I knew he was doing this before really anybody else did. And he just like, if it doesn't work out in the NA come here and play for me and, I'll get you back to tier two. So that was a, that was a main draw for me. Just check. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, obviously none, none of us really knew, you know, number one, a whole lot about, you know, chick or, you know, or Woody, like, you know, none of us, all of us were like, you know, who is this coming into Elk river and, 
and with the team and are they going to be good? And obviously like the roster that we all saw, you know, in the preseason, you know, and even before that, like to us didn't look as strong, like what, what moves were made, you know, in those first couple of weeks to like, let you guys know that you're going to be a strong team towards the middle and the end of the season. Honestly, there weren't too many moves made a lot of, a lot of it was just like player development and moving players around. We had a we had three forwards move back to D. So that that was a huge deal for us and then we obviously we got some guys in. So that was nice. And then uh Blake Bakey, our captain, he arrived just a day before our first preseason game. So that was huge. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it kind of sounds like, yeah, I mean, moving parts that like we wouldn't see on the outside and guys coming in late, which obviously is, you know, expected in juniors, but goals like for you starting out in Hudson, I mean, you were the hottest goalie coming out of the gate outside of, I think the mullets goalie, like what for you was working in Hudson before you made the switch to the squad? Uh, honestly, it was just kind of like trusting my defense there. Obviously everyone knows they're a great defensive team, and, like, uh, everything was just kind of working and clicking. And, yeah, and, uh, I mean, the, the, the coaching change for when when they let Jake Howie go and brought in uh, Tofolius, did that, like, did that change your mind at all on, on the mover and all? Uh, yeah, I mean, Dean's a great guy, but I just don't think him and I really viewed me the same or – I just needed like to get out of there. Yeah, no, oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for a goalie, it's kind of a how you gel with you know with the head coach. So, um, but back to Elgi, talk about the season. Like, has it been better than you expected? Now, you know, being second in the division, going in the playoffs, did you expect less? Did you expect more? Like, where are you at right now, looking back on everything? Oh, I mean, I think the seasons—it's just been a blur. It was amazing, though. Great, fun ride, but. For sure, uh, that video you posted at the start where you predicted for us to only get a couple wins, I mean, yeah. I think everybody in the squatch knew right away, even after the first couple days of practice, like, yeah, that's not true, we're gonna, I mean, our goal was to be number one, after right. we played Hudson, we knew that was gonna be a challenge, but number two, we're good with that, I mean, I right. think that's where we should be for sure. Yeah, no, and honestly, I mean, you can interchange out one or two. Like, I mean, like, you know, like I said in other videos, like you guys have had games that, you know, you probably shouldn't have won, but you did. Hudson's had games that they should have won, but they lost. Like, I think you guys are so interchangeable that, you know, one and two really isn't like, you know, it does like, it doesn't really show like you guys being two doesn't really be like, Oh my God, there's so much worse than Hudson. Like you guys are right there. Right. Yeah. From a standpoint of talent and things like that. Um, and it's funny cause you know, like with an expansion team, it's like, you know, there's not a whole lot like, you know, I mean, we saw like what the roster was, we saw, you know, we saw the history with chick, you know, like he hasn't, you know, he hasn't coached at the junior level or owned a team like, you know, by himself, you know, at all. Like, I think he was in Florida for a little bit, but like what he was able to do from the beginning of the preseason to even the middle of the season has been something that I think a lot of coaches in the USPHL are like, what the heck did he do and how did he do it? Because there's guys that have been coaching in this league and this division for seven or eight years 
that haven't even been doing mass what he has. So, you know, credit to him for bringing you guys in, but like, what, what's the biggest thing in like the day-to-day life that like, that he gives you guys that is able to just keep you guys going in a grind season? Well, oh, for sh- I'd say, let me, let me take this one, Nate. I'd say for sure. The big thing is instead of like, just like going through breakouts or going through power plays, just like going through the motions, chick just slows down and breaks it down. He's like, why are you making that pass here instead of going around the outside of the D or he just, he breaks everything down. So then everybody just kind of knows their own role. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so you don't, I mean, in the junior level, like, like I've coached, I would play there. I never had a coach like that that slowed the game down. And I know like, obviously there's a lot of young guys on the team. So is that something that's helped those young guys kind of like, progress more is slowing the practices down you'd say I'd say so for sure I mean we still get a pretty good workout in in our skates but like when we're doing line stuff or power play or penalty he really slows it down breaks it down and makes sure everybody knows their assignment yeah definitely that's awesome and goals like for you as as the goalie like does he make sure that you get you know, a good amount of reps in practice or you're getting like your goaltending coaching. Is it something that he, that he gets you? Yeah. So when he's like, when he takes the team and slows it down, he'll send three other goalies down with their goalie coach and we get our own work in on the other end of the ice. And Perfect. Uh, yeah, if I could add chicks also just like an unbelievable, like uh, players coach, like he's always just having fun and making sure we're happy. And, like, when I got here, he took me out to eat and made sure that everything was good. Like, I would, like, recommend anybody to come play here. Like, Chick's just unreal. Yeah, it's good to know. I mean, because, again, from the outside, you know, we don't see that. We don't hear that. And it's good to hear, too, that, like, you know, as a goaltender, you're getting a goalie coach because there's a lot of junior teams that will promise that, and they won't bring that in. So that's good yeah. to know, too, that, that you're getting that. How how was Chick with like the younger players? Like I know that there's some young guys on the team that have had some moments in games where they've done some stuff that's kind of been like crossing the line. Like how does he handle it with the young guys? Like when you know a player is gonna like you know flip off the crowd or something like that and get tossed. Like what what goes through? Like what what goes through? How does Chick handle that? Because like we've all seen it in games, right? And like I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, but like we've all seen it and we all want to know like how does a coach handle something like that when it's like a rookie player Nate you want this one or you want me to have it I think you got it man uh I would say chick chick does not put up with it at all okay I mean I think we all know about the giving the crowd the bird situation that player did not play the following game so right that's about all I got for that I mean yeah situation's over and done with Right. Yeah. And I guess, and cause it's always, it's always interesting to see like, you know, when you have like, you know, young players and, you know, they're getting suspended a lot or they're getting tossed from games. Like we always try to like figure out like, okay, like what does the coach say? Like, does he absolutely grill him or does he like sit him down and say, Hey, listen, like, you know, you did it. It's done with, I'm going to sit you. And then you're coming back the next night or you're coming back in two games. Like it, does he turn it into like a learning experience or is it more just like, you know what, that was dumb and you're done and I'm not going to talk to you. No, I wouldn't say that. I think he turns it more into a learning experience than anything. He's just like, 
I mean, obviously you can't, you can't have that. You can't have that at home. You can't have that when you're on the road. You can't have that anywhere, really. So right. I would say Chick just turns that into a learning experience for the most part. Right. Which is good to know because, like, I mean, I was like, I watch a lot of the games and I see coaches where, like, they'll literally yell at that player on the bench and sit him and they won't talk to him. So, like, it's good to hear that, that, you know, that chick is a guy that'll turn it into a positive because I know that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of guys that'll listen to this and see, like, okay, you know, I want to coach that, you know, even if I do mess up, like, it's not going to bury me for the whole season, right? So, so that's good to know. Um, take us through the day to day life. Like, what do you guys get after you're on the ice? Like, do you guys like have like team workouts? Like, what do you guys get like that drew you to the squatch? Oh, uh, yeah. So I'd say, do you want us to mean to like start at the top of the day, like right before practice or after? Yeah. Practice? Yeah. Take, yeah. Take us through from like the time you get up, take us through like a normal day. If it's, you know, if it's, if it's not a game day. Oh yeah, for sure. So, uh, wake up, breakfast, whatever, drive to the rink, uh, practice starts at nine twenty, So the boys normally get there around eight, eight twenty, eight thirty, and we'll, we'll play some sewer for a while before we go get the gear on. And then Practice starts at 9.20 officially, but we'll be out there like 9.10, I'd say, shooting around. And then we'll, we're on the ice for 50 minutes, and then we get a Zam, and then we're on the ice for another 50 minutes, and then we're done, done with the ice for the day. And then we got uh, Ben Jeremko, who works out of our rink, who has a workout facility that we go work out with. He's a trainer for Two, bro- two Brothers Hockey. And then that's pretty much it for like, that's probably your average day. But then some days, like say like a Thursday, for example, we would have film instead of workout if we play Friday. Got it. Perfect. Got it. Yeah. It sounds like just like, you know, like probably like a typical day. I know there's a lot of teams out there that at least like there's players that contact me that say like, you know, they don't get, you know, they don't get treated well or like they don't even have their own locker room. They don't get the off ice, you know, work. So it's, for you guys, it's all, I mean, it's a huge benefit, but also I think for like the squatch as themselves to, you know, to brand that too, that's what brings guys in. Cause I, let's just say like you guys didn't have that, right? Let's say you guys didn't have like the gorgeous Elk River rink or the off ice workouts. Would you want to be there a whole season without that? Uh, I mean, to an extent, like that stuff is great, but if it was the same team, same like coach, same assistant coach, same everything else. Like those things aren't as important as like the locker or like how we get treated by Chick and the boys in the locker room. Like the the arena is beautiful and all, but at the end of the day, like if it's not being executed right, like how it is here, it wouldn't be the same. Right. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. And that's. I mean, it's huge that uh, you know as a staff that you guys like them, respect them, that they're good to you. Cause I mean, we all, we've all heard the horror stories of how players don't get along with coaches and, and there's a divide within the team. So um, obviously, you know, good on chicken Woody for, you know, having that, you know, tight knit, you know, relationship with you guys. Uh, t- let's talk about the showcases. Let's talk about Tampa. How was that going down there and playing down there and getting, a, just getting away from the Midwest West division? Like what was it like to play teams from like the Florida division? Um, it was definitely different. Uh, it was my first time experiencing, like, being with the Squatch. So, um, everyone really actually was sick. 
which was crazy. Like, everyone was ripping Dayquil, and, like, everyone was telling me that, like, they had a whole new level of their game, and we are still, like, down there competing, and I think we had every game was, like, except for one, a one-goal game, and that just, like, excited me for the rest of the season, and that if we can keep playing like that, we'll make a run at 90s for sure. I don't know what you think, Danny, but that, I had a great time in Florida. Yeah, I'd say I'd say Florida was a blast. I mean, obviously, I don't think that was our best showing. Probably our our worst showcase. I'd say we were we were pretty sick and banged up as a team, but we still battled through it and got some points and we salvaged the trip. I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always. I mean, good to go down and see those teams that you'll probably see in Natties. I know that um, the Blaine showcase, like the schedule you guys got dealt. I, in my opinion, I think was just complete crap. I think you guys probably wanted to play the top teams. And you ended up not. So how, I mean, how were the boys frustrated about that schedule when, when the Blaine showcase came around or were you guys just like, ah, we'll just go out and just pop off 10 goals per game. I mean, I don't think we were like frustrated. Like obviously we wanted to play Hudson, Utah, Ogden. We wanted to play those guys, but we, we came in there to that Blaine showcase and we were going to make the best of it just to get as much points as we could, have everybody playing, rolling all four lines, and just have a blast. And the other thing about that showcase is I know I saw one of your videos saying, ah, oh, the Squatch have such an easy schedule, but that was made before the season. And since, right. we, since we were an expansion team, they, they thought we were going to be horrible, the league did. Right, exactly. And, and that's my whole thing, too, is that, like, you know, with an expansion team, it's like everybody just assumes that they're not going to be competitive. And it's almost like this kind of like dark cloud that hangs over teams. And that's why like your guys' story is just like, is so fun to like, just like see from beginning to end. Cause it's like, they put you guys against like battle Creek and the ducks and the mullets. And it's like, you guys could have been up against like Utah and Ogden and probably beat them or taking them to like a one goal game. So, I mean, I think it's awesome that you, know, you guys have just kind of like proved everybody wrong as a whole and just been like, you know what, screw it. Like we're, we're going all the way. Yeah, that's, that's the goal for sure. Goals, natties. I mean, as a team, we expect nothing, nothing less than to get there. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the kind of the guys that you've added into the mix. I know that you guys got a player from Yellowstone. I think it was last week, and I think he's a twenty bomb. So, like, what what does he add to the roster that you guys need for the playoffs? Goal scoring and just like capitalizing in the opposite zone. He's really skillful, and I think if we can get him the puck, he'll be able to bury for us, and that's just something like extra insurance for us. Yeah, I'd, yeah, and I I'd say great guy. I, just, I mean, he was Nate's buddy. That's how we got him. But yeah, great guy so far. I met him, and he can he can really shoot the puck. He'll help out. That's good. That's good. So I mean, he he probably slides in there. I mean, is he sliding in on on one of those top two lines, or where is he where is he fitting in the mix right now? I, I think Chick's got him on the third line right now. Okay. Um, our lines have been shuffling. Uh, we had a couple of injuries last week, so I don't know exactly what's our what our lineup's going to look like on Sunday against Hudson. There. Got it. That was my in the power play a little bit too. 
Okay. Yeah, that was my next question is is how how is the roster looking right now going not only going into Hudson but going into the playoffs? Is there anyone that's out for an extended period of time or are there just guys <laughs> that are kind of nursing stuff? Oh, we got Trife who's suspended for like another three games or something. Got it. Got it. Another that, other than that, everyone else is is healthy for the most part. It sounds like. Yeah, it seems yeah. like the first time we're gonna be like ready to go for playoffs. Like everyone's gonna be good to go. Sounds good. That's good. Let, let's let's. I want to hear from both you guys. Who is your favorite rookie on the team and why? <laughs> uh, I'd probably say Danny. Danny's probably my favorite rookie. Uh. Even though my roommate here is a rookie, I mean, he's probably second. But me and Danny and Podra just hang out all the time. And obviously, Danny not only just a good friend, but he's got 100 points. So, like, how can he not be a favorite? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Danny, yeah, thanks, you? Nate. And I'd say, I mean, <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of funny rookies on our team. But I got to go with uh, Peyton Monet. He's just... He's a deaf guy, and he just comes to practice every day to work hard, and he just makes my day seeing him every day. Funny guy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And, I mean, it sounds like the bond between, like, the veterans and the rookies, it seems like it's kind of, like, just like a good gel, and there's not really a divide between the two. Yeah, no, it's good. I don't, I don't see, like, anything that's wrong or, like, everyone gets along, so it's a good time. I know one guy I have to ask about because when I watch the games, he's always a fiery guy. I gotta ask about I gotta ask about Craig. Always a fiery guy on the ice. What what's it like playing with a with a with a tree like him? Oh, I mean Craig. Craig is a beauty. He's always out there. <laughs> I mean he's I, he's gross at one on ones. Like he's absolutely disgusting. I feel bad for any D-man that's got him on a one-on-one because he's getting around him. No, that's Nate, good. Yeah, I know he's – yeah, Nate, does he ever snipe you in practice or, like, in shootouts or anything like that? Oh, uh, no, not Craig. I mean, I'm always <laughs> giving him a hard time. He's, I'm always telling him he's dust and stuff, but everyone knows, like, he's just nasty. <laughs> yeah i mean with that with that size it's like i mean he i feel like he just runs over guys all day in practice he's actually not very physical in practice like he's always just going around kids making them look like they can't skate and scoring so i mean <laughs> no that's that's good to know um Talk about the playoffs. So the, obviously, you guys play the havoc this weekend. That's the last game of the regular season. Going into the playoffs, like I mean, everything's solidified now, right? Like one through eight, everything's everything's good. What do you guys think about the first round? Obviously, the hope is to you know be two and be two and done. What do you guys see going into the first round? It's the Blue Ox, right, Danny? Yeah, uh, it's Blue Ox or Steel County. It's not hundred percent yet. Two. No, it's not. Well, if it's Blue Ox, I know it's going to be an unreal experience because, like, they bring the fans. So that's going to be rowdy. And hopefully we can just send them home in two and just get ready for the whoever's next. But obviously we're not going to take them lightly. Um, 
I think we've never lost them in regulation. I think, what are we, 3 and one against them this year, Danny? Yep. And obviously, if, hopefully I just play my game and we make it look easy. Yeah, I would have to agree. I just think hopefully we can get two and done and then focus on the moose. Yeah, and I mean, we, you know, I love, you know, talk about that. I mean, the moose, every time you guys play them, I mean, it is such an intense game. Like, we, I watched that last game where, you know, they come back in the third. Um, and then, I mean, you know, a shootout win is whatever at that point. But, like, how intense the game is. Like, what, what's the difference between, like, playing, like, a team like the Moose where they're just, like, out for blood against you guys and playing a team like maybe, like, you know, the Dells or the Mullets where the rivalry isn't probably isn't really there as much? I mean, I'd say there's just not as much, like, atmosphere in the rink that's the main difference for me it's like when we play like the Dells or the Mullets it's just not a lot of people really show up to those games but when we play the mm-hmm. Moose I mean I mean I don't know what we had last game seven or eight hundred fans like that was sick and the arena was packed yeah no it sounds like they I mean it sounds like at full greedy two or even at Coon Rapids like I mean the ox and the moose just pack the rink. I mean, playing playing a game like that, like on a Friday night, you know, for you guys. I mean, is there anything that is different in preparing for that versus like going down, you know, to the Dells and playing? Uh, I mean, obviously, in the back of your head, you you know, like you're preparing a little extra. But I'd like to say, as a team, like we try to stay away from prioritizing other games over you know the lower ones because you don't ever want to let like upset happen or you don't want to stress over a game too much and then hold your stick too tight or anything you know like every game's just one game at a time and make the best of it the best you can and hopefully it just turns out the way you want it to yeah i'd say the same thing i agree with nate yeah, so, Danny, I can't ask Galsvig this question because Galsvig's on the ice for the whole game. But for like for guys like you and Pojar, you know, who I mean, honestly, log probably forty five minutes of ice time a game. Like, <laughs> how 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 do you do it? Like, I gotta know because like as a player, I don't think I could ever log that many minutes as a game, even if I wanted to. Like, how do you, how are you so conditioned where you can just log like forty five minutes a game? Oh, I don't. I don't think it's quite quite forty five. I mean, my inset, my inset normally says around twenty twenty five. I think my average is, but uh, no. I mean, I work really hard and I try to take short shifts so then I can just go right back out again. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, I mean forty five. Probably. I was trying to pad it a little bit for you, but yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, no. I, even at twenty five or thirty, I mean, you know, that's like you know, I mean, going every other or like even with like the special teams as well. Like for you as a player, like I think you know, all around, like you can kill, you can be on the power play, you can be five on five, you know, three on three. Like, what is it that changed from? you know, from high school hockey in Minnesota to now at the junior level, like what, what changed for you to be able to be like a full situational player, not only at tier three level, but now you know that you can probably go off to Ogden and do it in the NCDC. Like what changed for you? Uh, I'd say I, I really started working hard off the ice and just practicing a lot. 
I'm actually I'm really fortunate. I got a sport court in my backyard, so I, I spend a lot of time out there practicing. So I'd say that that'd be the main difference for me. Gotcha, gotcha. Goldsvig, same question for you too, because obviously we know that you know you have the talent to you know to get up to the null. Um, you know, as you know, you got called up. What for you? Because obviously we look at your background. You know, you've been you've been at the you know, tier three for you know for a few years. Getting that call up that showed you that you can be at the next level. What is it that separates you from other goalies in the division and even in the league that you think that you bring more to the table? Uh, obviously, <laughs> you could just go with my size, but um, no. Uh, this these past few summers, uh, I've been working really hard with uh, my goalie coach. He's just phenomenal. Like, I think I've probably tripled what the goalie I I was like three years ago. Like, these last few summers, I you wouldn't even recognize me because like the way or the way I practice and the way my goalie coach designs his drills, like specifically for his goalies and. The way he pushes us to be better every day is just it's unreal. Like I would say that's the main difference is just how much work I put in the summers and and then just, you know, putting it all out there on the ice and competing every day. Right. No, it's great great points from both of you because honestly I think in Minnesota and obviously, you know, Danny, you could probably relate to this, um, you know, a little bit more, but we see all these, you know, boy guys that play boys that play high school hockey, and they say, "Oh yeah, I can go play tier three. It's gonna be easy. Like I can just, you know, I can walk right into it." But realistically, it's like you have to keep on putting in the work day in and day out. Like it's not, a, it's not as much of a cakewalk as people think. From whether it's single A or double A high school hockey to tier three. Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, I think most most average Minnesota high school hockey players can walk into tier three but if you sit around all summer you're probably not going to play much probably going right. to be a third fourth line roll guy hopefully getting some penalty minute or some penalty kill time that's about it right yeah Definitely and I mean like, I guess now go ahead goes like go ahead like go, or going through like high school like I feel like whenever like a tier three coach would come and recruit like everybody would kind of you know, shrug at it and just like, if it's basically like tier two or nothing everywhere that I grew up. And mm-hmm. I feel like tier three is a lot better than people think. And I just hope in the future, like more guys give it a shot and that it just continues to grow and get better. And one day it won't be like as much of a, like look down of a league, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think, and that's the next thing too, that I was going to bring up. It's like, at least in Minnesota, you know, there's so many more tier three teams, obviously than tier two, and we don't have any tier one teams. So it's hard to understand why all these high school kids think that they're able to jump right to tier two when, you know, right now we're talking to two guys that started out at tier three, put in the work and are now going to see, you know, tier two time. And it's not like they just sat there and, you know, walked right in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, tier two is a whole different animal. You got to be prepared and you got to be one of the top guys at tier three if it's going to work out at tier two. All right. 
Yeah, and I mean, I know goals like, like as a goalie for you, I mean, and you know, don't take this the wrong way, but like there, you know, there's millions of goalies out there, right? Like, I mean, when you go yeah. to open camps, there's like 300 goalies there. Like, for you to get that call up to the null, I mean, not only is it you know good on chick, but that's you putting in the work, right? Cause any night a coach, a tier two coach could walk in and see you and say, Hey, we want this kid, but it's a testament to what you've done. And you've been at the tier three level now for, you know, for a little bit and you deserve, you know, you deserve that next step. But like for you, you just have the mindset that I go in every night, no matter where I'm at or who my coach is. And if I put in the work, I'll get seen. Or is it, you want to go somewhere, put in that work, but then also kind of like not rely on your head coach, but know that he's going to help you along the way. Uh, really, it's just like I go into every game, just want to play my best, and hopefully there's someone there that if when I'm at my top game likes me, and if not, then I'll just keep working hard. But like every game, it's just getting mentally ready, like. When I was on the Havoc, it was, like, kind of stressful because, you know, my save percentage was so high, and it was just, like, every game, you you want to keep it that way. And you want to keep, you know, your reputation or whatever. And it's it kind of got hard there, but um, really, it's not really on the coach. It's on you. So, like, you just got to come and work your, your tail off, and hopefully someone out there likes your game and gives you a chance. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean – kind of going off at that point is now with the NCDC expanding into the mountain, you know, obviously Danny, like, you know, you got that, you know, you got that opportunity to go with them. Like, what does it mean to be in a league, you know, the USPHL that has that ladder, you know, to tier two in the NCDC, but also to like, wants to keep guys in house. Like what, is that a reason why you wanted to, st- you know, wanted to choose the USPHL and not like the NA three or, what like what mindset did you have going into it? Oh, I mean, I was I was really excited. I mean, I've seen the USP USPHL ladder of development and I, I think it's awesome and I mean I didn't as soon as I knew Chick was starting a team, I didn't even really consider that NA three just because Chick's been such a great coach and such a great guy to me. I knew I was playing for him. And I and Chick's got a super great relationship with Ogden. I know I know in April we're doing a camp up in Elk River. All the Ogden guys are coming, so it should be awesome. No, that that's great to know because obviously, you know, we don't see like a whole lot of, you know, announcements from you guys on like who you're affiliated with or, you know, what like and whatnot. So it's good to know that he has a good relationship, um, you know, with Ogden. Uh, and final question here, boys. I just, I want to know just, you know, favorite parts of the season, you know, the best memories you'll have looking back on the regular season, whether it's like a road trip or a specific game, like what are your guys' favorite memories from the regular season? You want to start, Danny? Yeah, for sure. I'd say my favorite memory from the regular season is uh, coming back on Hudson on that January 25th game. That was That was amazing to me. I was I was really down coming in and I took a dumb penalty at the end of the second. Got pretty frustrated with myself in the locker room. We came back out and we we turned it around and and won the game. I I think that's my favorite memory for sure. That's pretty awesome. Another one that's up there is uh playing with my brother. That was pretty cool. 
that's probably my top two there. Nate? Uh, for yeah. me, uh, pro- my, that's got to be up there for me, too, that Hudson game. But, like, just time with the boys in Florida was a lot of fun. Like, even though I was, like, the new kid and didn't know anyone very well, like, that that trip was still unbelievable. And then, obviously, going ice fishing with Pojar, Bakey, and Ellingson, that's that's something I'll look back on and be happy we're doing every day. And it's a lot more than just hockey, like, making the buddies you have. Like, these, these friendships are going to last forever. Like, I'm already planning trips to come see the boys this summer. Like, it's just a great time. Yeah, that, that's great to hear because obviously, you know, you hear a lot of stories about like, you know, kids that are on teams where it's not a good experience and they can't wait to leave and stuff like that. So, um, you know, making those friendships is, is great. Elginson, I want to touch on your brother real quick because I totally forgot about it. Like, we got to talk about him, though, like coming in, like, you know, being able to play, you know, before the season with you guys, like. What was it like for him? Obviously, he's not here to talk about it. Like, what was it like for him to come in and have that opportunity? Oh, I mean, he was pumped. He used he played with me and Pojar when we were little, so he was super excited to come back and play with us. Uh, he he was just super excited for it, and he had a blast. And I wish he could play for us at if if we make it to make it to Natty's, I'd say. Yeah, because I think they're are they are they still going right now? They're still going, aren't they? Right, your brother's yeah. team. Yep. Got it. So yeah, maybe you know, hopefully they make a deep run into the into the playoffs into the X. But um, yeah, it'd be awesome to see him come back on the team. So, well, boys, that's all I got for. Any, I mean, anybody that you want to like shout out or anything you want to talk about, you know, before we wrap up here, you know, go ahead. I just got like. If any parents, I don't know, it's the first episode, so we'll see who's listening, but, like, any parents or kids wanting to play junior, like, definitely reach out to the Squatch if they haven't to you already. Like, this is this is one of the best play, places to play in, like, all of Tier 3. Like, the game day experience is unreal. We, we probably get the most fans out of anybody. Like, that's a huge part of the game, and the way you get treated here is just unbelievable, like... I would I would recommend the squash to anybody. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I I'd, I'd second what Nate say. I mean, I think I think the Squatch is a new flagship team in the Midwest West. I mean, it's really the I mean, this is my first year at juniors, but it's really been an amazing place to play. Like I did not expect it to be this this great. Yeah, let's let's talk about that quick cuz I mean, obviously, you know, like you see you see other teams in the league or the division and how they're run. And I'm sure you guys hear, you know, from other players and other teams, like what is it specifically that you hear from like, say other players that are like, Hey, I wish I would have chose the squash over this team that I'm on. Like, what do you guys hear like the most? That's a tough one, Nate. Uh, I'd probably go with like facilities or, they just don't get along. Like, if I ever get a text or anything, they're like, yeah, I wish I was on the squash with you. It's most of the time it's like they don't get along with their coach or their teammates or they just aren't treated very well where they're at. And I think that's pretty, like, common. But, like, here I think everybody's had a great time. And, obviously, if you come to the games, like, you'll see it's just electric here. Uh, and I'd say the other thing I'd add into that is if I get a text, it's – 
I've had a couple about just uh, crappy billet houses. Yeah. And at the Squatch, I mean, we're very fortunate. We have a lot of lot of good billets, so we've had no complaints so far. Yeah, no, that's that. I mean, that's a vital aspect of it too. I mean, is the building, but yeah, like I mean, I've been out to a handful of games, and I mean. Every time I've come, like, it's like, yeah, like, you know, like the, the pregame stuff is electric, like, you know, during the intermissions, it's awesome. Like after the game, it's great. Like they're, like they're doing the player interviews, the three stars of the game. It's like that stuff that you just don't see. Like I, I guarantee you 90% of other teams out there don't do all of that from start to finish. So I think that's something that's, that's great. Uh, and I mean, you know, the guy, your guys' social media too is, is obviously good as well. So, um, I think I agree. It's probably a flagship team that's going to be around for a long time, I think. And I think that more and more guys out of Minnesota will hopefully choose to go play there. So, Yeah, for sure. Oh. Awesome. Well, boys, I want to thank you for coming on. Like, I mean, having you guys on the first episode is going to be absolutely just electric when we get it out there on Monday. But um, I'm hoping to come out to the first round of the playoffs and maybe get some content with you guys. But, yeah, I want to say thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. you. All right, boys. Roll squash. Roll squash. All right, boys. We'll talk to you later. All right.